Hey, Catholic Divas, I've got a great interview for you this week with Maggie Wright. She is a dear friend of mine and a Catholic coach. We're going to be talking about losing weight during perimenopause and menopause and why our thoughts are so important in this stage. Hello, Catholic Divas. Welcome to Cycles and Sanctity Podcast. I am Mama Jane, wife to Steve for almost 37 years, mother of six wonderful children, fertility awareness instructor, and a Catholic mindset coach. Are you confused about your cycle? Do you want to learn how charting your cycles can give you insight, not only to your health, but your mental and emotional state as well? And most importantly, using this information to draw closer to God and pursue your path to holiness? If you answered yes, then you are in the right place. Go grab your journal and your favorite pen and let's do this. Hello, Catholic Divas. Welcome back to the podcast. And I am so excited because I have a special guest, my dear friend, Maggie Wright. She has a program called Made for More. And I was able to take it this summer. She is such a beautiful soul. She's a wife of a deacon, mother of 12, secular Franciscan, and a certified Catholic coach, a strengths coach, a certified precision nutrition coach. And she's also one of the resident coaches at Metanoia Catholic. So if you go on over to Metanoia Catholic, you can find her there. But Maggie coaches women who have struggled with weight loss body image, and mindset around food. Do you know anybody like that? Through her own transformation of mind, body, and soul, Christ changed the course of her life completely. She began her journey at 49 years old, 349 pounds out of shape, and spiritually desolate. Maggie's before and after photos speak visually to St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body, where the transformation of her heart shows visually. The key to long-lasting weight loss is the work that is done with the one who made us. And so she has a beautiful program that is going to be coming up on November 18th called Navigating Advent and Christmas with Grace and Without Gaining Weight. There will be a link in the show notes. I want to encourage you to take that beautiful workshop Just as an additional note, she has lost a total of 159 pounds through this process. So I am excited to have her here. Welcome, Maggie. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. So share with us. So you were 49 years old at 349 pounds. Your husband was a deacon? Yeah. At the time I started my transformation, he was actually in diaconate formation. Okay. So the reason I ask that is many times we see people in church and we make these presumptions about others, right? Mm -hmm. About their spiritual life, about their home life. You're a mother of 12, all of these things, right? And one of the things I know with my husband, when he went on an axe retreat, I don't know if axe is up there, but it's very popular. And, And his biggest observation was, you just don't know the person you're sitting next to in the pew. You don't. You don't. You, right. you, you don't know their interior life. You don't know the wounds. So mm-hmm. I would like you to just start your story. How did you even decide this is the time 
I'm presuming that you went from maybe a thought of like, there's no hope. This is how I'm always going to be. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. So we were pillars of the church, you know, Ayrton Diaconate Formation. I actually worked for the church. I had just started working for the church a couple of years before. And we had always been very, we were the model Catholic family. So you should have it all together when you're the model Catholic family. Right. You know, children, four of them who were buried at St. Job's Cemetery. So we have had some losses, but yeah, just the model Catholic family looked like on the outside, we had it all together, but just like John Paul's theology of the body, you know, the body makes visible what's going on on the inside. And I wore what was going on in the inside on the outside. And a lot of people don't necessarily judge. They just assume that, oh, model Catholic family. And so there was a lot of shame for me with not being able to get it together, not being able to keep myself from going to the refrigerator. Why can't you fast for? Why can't you do this weight loss program or that weight loss program? And I would try them and they would eventually fail because I'm trying to morph into somebody I'm not. And it was a very frustrating process during which time I was also pretty much of a workaholic out of balance. So what triggered this was in that December of 2018, I just had a conversation with God. I mean, it was a very, very raw conversation where I was like, Lord, and I had prayed many times before, but I had been to the doctor and the doctor was saying, hey, you know what? it's time for you to start going on diabetes medication. Your sugars are out of whack. Your cholesterol is out of whack. And I mean, it just was very bleak. And I was just, I talked to him. I I don't know what to do. I am so at a loss. And if I wasn't a person of faith, I would end this now because it hurts to be alive. Mm. And, And that's honestly true. I mean, that's where I was on my hands and knees. It hurts to be alive. And when I look at my life back then, people saw this facade, but the truth was inside the difference between me and a corpse was six feet. Wow. That's yeah. I was only existing. There was a difference between living and existing. And when you are living a life in Christ, you are truly living. And I was not doing that. Mm. I was only going to emotions. Mm-hmm. And I actually had my pastor and a dear friend approach me because my pastor was my boss. And he just told me, and it was right after the day after that prayer, that next morning, he had me come into his office and him and that friend proceeded to talk to me. And it was, you know, Maggie, you are just an amazing person. I've never seen anybody that works as hard as you. I've never seen anybody. You're a great, you know, great family. All these wonderful things that they said about me. But you are way out of balance and way out of wax. Could you receive the accolades, the affirmation at that time? No, I didn't see what he saw. I did yeah. not. But what I did hear was I heard God. Mm. When he was talking I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was asking God for an answer last night. And that I I believe is the only reason I was open during that conversation. Mm -hmm. What he was about to say. And he said, look, he said, I will personally pay for you to go through some sort of coaching or something. And he said, so I want you to find, it's funny because this is back in 2019 and finding Catholic coaches was not something you did. 
or 2018 at the time. He says, I want you to find some sort of, I don't know, life coaching with, he said, throw in a, a nutrition element and then, you know, an exercise element, just something to help you put your life in order. He said, I want to offer you this as a gift. He said, so I'm going to let you go home and think about it and decide whether or not you want to accept it. It wasn't just the weight that he was concerned about. It was the whole person. It was the entire person. And Mm -hmm. that really resonated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he could. Yeah, yeah. And and, I mean, praise God that he was open because so many people, if we're honest, people look on the outside and criticize or recommend programs if you do this, this will help you or whatever. But this is what I'm hearing from the story is that he honored your dignity. He honored your humanity. He honored your identity as a daughter of God. And he really, truly desired the best for you, which is true love. Yes. And he didn't coerce you. He didn't force you into this program. He offered it as a gift. And then he said, you go home and you get to choose what it's going to look like. Yep. That, oh man, this is, okay. I'm just going to say a side note out here for all of you who are in the health industry and the wellness industry. I really want to exhort you to hear this because there's just Mm -hmm. so many times I know, and it's touching my heart, Maggie, because there have been many times in my own life, and you and I've kind of talked about this, about how people with good intentions desire the best for you, but then the way either the message is given or the way the solution is presented, Mm -hmm. it it completely undignifies you. Ah. You know, it's, it it just reminds me, there's a scene in a movie, Pretty Woman with Julia Roberts and Richard Gere, right? I mean, the whole concept of that movie, at the end, he desires to have a relationship with her. And he's like, okay, well, I'll set you up in this house and I'll give you this thing and la la la. And she's looking at him. And I just remember during this scene, he says something like, I've never treated you like a prostitute. And she turns around and she says, you just did. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I would want to encourage all of my families and friends and listeners that are into health and into wellness and have a desire. Yes, the body is important. And yes, our health is important. But hear what Maggie's pastor was saying. Your life is out of balance. Your whole life, your spiritual life your emotional life, your mental life, and your physical life, right? Yeah, because the body makes visible what is going on on the inside. Yeah. And when I went home that night, I knew that it came from God. Because when he spoke to me, I mean, that was everything I had prayed about. Everything I had prayed about. It wasn't somebody standing, you got to do keto, you got to do this. That's your magic answer is this diet, stand on your, your head, spit wood nickels and eat cabbage soup and you'll lose it all. That's not what I needed. Right. It's what I needed. And so then, so it put me on a message. I had to figure out where am I going to find this? So I did find a secular company and I won't say the name of the secular company and God bless them. The original coach that I had, I'm very appreciative of. And then still to this day, he knows I have great love for him. 
and very appreciative of everything that he did for me. However, he was a secular coach and everything was very new agey in the mindset. He was able to help me on the nutrition side, able to help me start incorporating some things. But when we talked about mindset and belief and those kind of things, it was all very new agey, all very just the way that the the modern world thinks. And I remember frustrated and going, oh, I cannot subscribe to this. This is not. And finally, he just said to me one time, he said, here's what I want you to do. He said, you trust the science behind what I'm telling you, because I mean, the science made sense when he was talking about the way the mind works and et cetera. Mm -hmm. All that made sense to me. But he said, what about your faith? He said, use your faith. He said, you're Catholic. And yes, I'm Catholic. And he said, well, Catholics use the Bible, right? And I said, well, the Bible, the catechism, the teachings of the church, there's a lot to it. And he said, well, then find your answers there. Find the truth in what I'm telling you there. And so that sent me on a mission to start to discover some things. And I was going, oh, hold on, wait a minute. Some of the things he's telling me, I can see truth in. And then long story short, I happened to come across this wonderful journal over the internet. You even know how, I, I don't know if it was a Facebook ad or what it was. It was a Metanoia Catholic journal. And here I was in the process of my weight loss during the time And in the process of this transformation process, and I found that journal and I thought, oh, this journal is absolutely wonderful. And it was from Metanoia Catholic and loved it, loved it, loved it. And that was back when that's all they had was the journal. Well, then they started their little academy and I became one of their first members and I found lots of value in what they were teaching there. And then they started their primitive way program. That was the first thing. And as I had been learning I was transforming and changing. And and people that know me prior or even worked with me, the people at work were just like amazed, you know, totally different person was emerging. And people that knew me before know that I am not the same person at all. And so as I kept doing this work for myself, because first you have to do your own work. Right. And as I started understanding my own unique design and understanding why I was buffering with food and all the emotional things that were going with it. I made the decision that I wanted to be able to give this to other people. And so I went to the same pastor and said, hey, there's this purgative way program. I would love to do this and be able to bring some of this to other women. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. He's one of those pastors that understands developing your people. Yeah. Um, so I, I did the purgative way. And then when the certified coaching thing came out, we had that. And so then I went and became a certified coach. And then from there, I became a resident coach. And I mean, it really is a mission I feel like God has called me to because at 49 years old, I thought it was over. I thought my life was over. I never thought I could change. But I am healthier than I was when I was 20. Yeah. Not only healthier mentally, physically, emotionally, in all ways, I am so different than I was when I was 20 years old. And the mindset I had at 49 sitting there in 2018 was, there's no way I'm ever going to change. This is never going to change for me. And I know that a lot of women feel that way. They think they've hit 45 
they've raised their kids, maybe they've gained weight during the different pregnancies, whatever it is. But here they are at this life change. And they're thinking it's never going to change for me. It's over. And ladies, it's not over. My life began then. I mean, I, I've run 10 Ks, 5 Ks, 10 Ks. I did not get to do my marathon before I blew out my knee. So just so y'all know, never got my marathon in, but had to have knee surgery, but that's okay. But, you know, I'm doing things now that I had never done. And Facebook has those lovely algorithms. And in those algorithms, they show all these pictures from like five, 10 years ago. And I love it when they come up because you'll see ones. For the longest time, you saw ones that were just my husband with my kids doing different things. Because what 349 pounds, you don't want to go walk from one race period to another race period. It was difficult to move. So as my daughter was doing cross country, I would sit in the car and watch. Mm. You really can't see when you're in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't go on the campouts and the things that they did. Any of those things that were going on, mm-hmm. I didn't do. So my husband was doing all these fabulous things with my kids. Well, now in the Facebook algorithm, you see me and him doing these fabulous things with our kids. So, yeah. which is, well, I mean, yeah, they're older, but still, they at least had the opportunity to see their mom, you know, completely change. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I. I mean, I can relate it. I was just thinking as you were speaking, it was actually October, November of of 2019 for me was the beginning of my internal transformation because you, you and I have talked about the health issues I've had and everything. And I remember last year, 2022, when we our pastor we do a pilgrimage and we're in the Southwest and we do it in August and. It's hot and it's from our church all the way up this beautiful mountain, Mount Crystal Ray. And I remember walking with a friend of mine and he said, oh, we just passed 10 miles. And I turned to him and I said, I haven't walked 10 miles since 1986. He's like, what? He's like, how do you know that? I go, because I was in the army in 1986 and I ran a 10 mile race during an event. My sergeant major had said, well, if you do the 20 miler, you'll get a four day pass. If you do the 10 mile, you'll get a three day pass. And if you place, you'll get a four day pass. I said, well, I can at least do the 10 mile and I'll get a three day pass. And then I actually placed in my age group or whatever, but it was a significant thing. 1986, this was 2022. So I can totally understand this. And I do, I feel better now at 60 than I ever, I I don't even want to go to 50. I think back at 50 and menopause, perimenopause, and you're thinking, oh my goodness, life is over. You know, you you said that you, you said it so clearly, Maggie, the thought of why even try, this is as good as it's going to get. Yeah. And I have coached a number of women. I have a client that she's perimenopause, lots of stuff. And it was such a beautiful word picture. She said, I feel like I've been wearing a corset and all of a sudden it's broke and everything's hanging out and I can't get everything back in. I can't get my emotions back in. I can't get my mindset back in. I can't get my body back in. Like I can't get it all in. It's just hanging out. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's perimenopause, girlfriend. 
<laughs> welcome to the club. And But there are people that can help and guide us through this phase that nobody talks about of a yeah. woman's life. It's so, so important. So share with us your, because you do have a program besides this workshop that you have on November 18th, you have a beautiful program called Made for More. And yes. I would love to hear how the program works, some of the success stories. I know there's a number of women who've just had amazing, innate, amazing transformation. So share with us Made for More. Yeah. So Made for More takes you through eight weeks. And through the eight weeks, you, first of all, you learn about what the five pillars of weight loss are. And here, here's the deal, ladies, I don't teach necessarily a weight loss program per se. You know, I'm not like, if you want macros, if you want advice on different things, I'll give them to you. I will give you just the main five pillars that, that, you know, any good weight loss program is going to have in it. I'm going to tell you, that's what they are. Okay. With that said, it's mostly centered around mindset. What is keeping you? What's stopping you? What And mindset about your body. You know, a lot of us are even afraid to get on a scale or have pictures taken. And ladies, if you're sitting there, that is one of the things that my coach helped me understand was that it's okay to take your picture. You are beautifully, wonderfully made where you are right now. Take that picture. Take that picture. Don't wait until I'm not going to wear this dress till I lose 20 pounds. I will not wear a dress or I'm not going to go to this function or I'm not going to go to my high school reunion because I have to lose 30 pounds. Go to your high school reunion. Start living now because you don't wait to live. You start living now. And then you have to have a healthy mindset about food, but also a healthy mindset about your body and about the changes that your body is going through. And what are you doing to give to your body? Because we're told by Jesus, love your neighbor as yourself. And as women, we are spreading ourselves thin, taking care of this person, taking care of that person, making sure this person gets here. And we are not stopping to take care of us. And we've probably done that since the early 20s. We are so ingrained in making sure everybody else is all right. But that love your neighbor as yourself implies that you are taking care of you first. Yeah, like they say in the airplane, you've got to put your own oxygen mask on first. And one of the things I discover many times among Catholics is we have a judgment or a thought about self-care being selfish. Yes. Yes. And we go through that with made for more because there is that judgment and that thought that somehow we have to be so completely selfless to the point that we are self-deprivating. And I will challenge you on that because even St. Francis of Assisi, who was very hard on his body at the end of his life, he called his body brother ass. Okay. Mm -hmm. Even he said, maybe I should have treated brother ass a little bit better because he understood that Maybe the severe fasting was maybe a little too much because he could have been serving God in a better way. Mm -hmm. We need to treat ourselves and our bodies with the same dignity that the Lord expects us to treat somebody else with. Okay. Women will kind of give negative thoughts about themselves and negative thoughts about their body. And one of the things that I'm always recommending they do, put a picture of five-year-old you on that mirror or teenage you on that mirror. 
and tell me if you would say that same thing to them. I, I remember when you said that during Made for More, because for me personally, many times the Lord brings in my mind, five-year-old Jane, mm-hmm. the happy-go-lucky, life is good, skipping down the road. <laughs> And there was an incident in my own life, some stuff that was going on. I was praying about it. And and literally, he showed me back when I was six, the house. And I have older brothers and sisters who were, were in college when I was that age. I was the youngest. So my oldest sister's 15 years older. And he just, it was an image. It was a memory of like me walking into the kitchen and everybody stopped talking and said, you need to go play. This is big people stuff. And that's what the Lord said is like, don't worry about what's happening at this moment, go play. Mm -hmm. And so when people would ask me like, Hey, what's going on? I go, I don't know. I'm just a little soul. And that's really one of those things that I just say, I'm just a little soul. I'm just skipping with Jesus, you know, (laughs) but that's such a beautiful aspect of yes. What would we say to our five-year-old self? What would we say to our 12-year-old self? Which, you know, it's, it's one of the reasons why I have this podcast because we as women have so much mind drama about our body image, which oh. is why I wanted you to get on this on this podcast, because it's why I call it Cycles and Sanctity, using our cycles towards holiness, because our cycle, as we develop through puberty, our body begins to change. And then yeah. as we get married and have babies or not have babies or whatever, our bodies are always changing And we just celebrated 37 years of marriage. And I look back at my wedding day, my body's not the same. And I mean, praise God, I'm not the same person either because I've been walking with the Lord for 37 years and he's brought me to a place where I'm so much better. I wouldn't ever want to go back to 23 year old because maybe I'd like to go back if I knew what I knew now, how to use the mindset, how to have a journal and how to pray and just how to walk with the Lord and just also how to allow him to love us. That was one of the things, I don't know if I ever shared this with you, and I'm still working out this whole weight journey and and body image and things. But at one point before I met you, this was years ago, I was talking to the Lord about this and he showed me, he said, I'd like you to take a look at some of the saints. And I was like, what? He goes, I want you to look at, really look at their bodies, like really look at their faces, really look at their pictures do you really think that this is what I I value? Like, do you really think that this is what's going to get you to heaven if you lose X amount of weight? And it's really interesting because since that conversation I've had with the Lord, like he's brought me in St. Thomas Aquinas, like he was a big guy and he was not very slender. Like you see pictures of him, right? And there's this beautiful St. Manuel Garcia. He's the bishop of the empty tabernacle. I I don't remember the whole thing, but we had his relics also with Blessed Carlo Acutis, both of them for the Eucharist revival. They came, but looking at his picture in his little holy card, he was kind of port and he was old and things like that. And it's even why I love our CIA program too, because the Lord's going to call you whenever he calls you. And there are so many people that are in their forties and their fifties. And all of a sudden they kind of wake up and hear the Lord's calling. 
and come back to the church or come into the church. God is a God of second chances always, right? So talk about that body image, because I know you, you really have mastered this as a teacher. So going into menopause, things change in our bodies. I mean, they change with pregnancy. Our, our, our hips get a little lighter and they never completely go back. Some of us are anomalies and unicorns and they might go back, but that's not the norm. And maybe we're a little thicker around the waist and maybe, and I had to come to grips in my own transformation that I was not going to look like this, that I wasn't going to look like the poster child there. And I have people that you don't need to look like the model. What you need to do is, is are you comfortable in your own skin? You'll know. I mean, people want to give me a goal weight and I'm like, oh, you give a goal weight. But also, you also have to have the mindset that that goal weight may not be the same because I look totally different now at the weight I am now than I did when I was 40 years old and at this weight. So, or 30 years old and at this weight or whenever it was that I was this weight, it's been a long time. (laughs) So I look totally different and you thicken a little bit around the middle. And even in losing weight, I have all the skin. We were just talking about that. I'm going to have skin surgery, but even the skin surgery is not going to make it perfect. I'm going to have scars and I will still have loose skin. And it's loving the me that's standing there in that mirror, regardless of that. Mm, because that is not the whole of me right there mm-hmm. at all. It, it's not the whole of me, period. So we judge ourselves and, and women, especially, we have this idea that you've got to have this waist like this. And I think now it's having a larger rump is supposed to be in. The world wants to tell us how we're supposed to look mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to have so go get Botox or we're supposed to have use this beauty cream for this or wear your eyeliner this way or whatever it is we're supposed to do all these things and ladies here's what I want to tell you if you want the thick lips go get them if that's what you want okay not because somebody else told you that that's the way you need to look but when you when you choose a weight or wherever you're at ask yourself if you're comfortable But learn to look in that mirror and love the person that's sitting in that mirror because it's not going to matter what weight you are if you do not love her. Mm. Anything. I had to start to love the me that God saw. Mm -hmm. I had to see her and love her. Yes, yes, absolutely. I remember a few years ago, I heard our pastor say something that really has changed my life is the Lord delights in you. He seeks you because he delights in you. And that just, for me, that really changed my understanding of, I was always seeking the Lord, right? Because I needed his grace and his mercy and everything. But the idea that he desires to come and sit with me, that it makes him happy when he sees me, it delights him to see me, to hear me. That was a real change in my own spirituality and understanding of my relationship with the Lord and accepting again, it it was maybe about 18 months after that conversation that I had with the Lord about body image and, and taking a look at the saints and like, come on, really? Do you think that's, and it's just kind of a joke with me now with the Lord. And when I see different pictures of different saints or, or those who are causes open I really, I really examine their, the pictures that 
that are chosen for them that so that we know what they look like because it's really just a snapshot it's almost it's like a polaroid right did mother teresa always look like that no you know we just celebrated a few weeks ago saint john paul ii and i'm very devoted and and you are too because of the theology of the body but when you look at when he was a young priest when he was a bishop even when he was a cardinal he was very different than what he looked like right before his death and i remember a professor telling me that he had gone to rome and had an audience with the holy father at the time and because of his parkinson like he had no control over his mouth and he said there was literally a pool of spit on the floor because his mouth was just dripping and yet his mind was so alert and yeah. he was not afraid to show this vulnerable body to the world. Mm -hmm. And that's part of our whole society. I mean, we could go on to a whole, I mean, I see the whole big picture of separating pregnant mothers and birthing mothers in a hospital. So we don't get to see that aspect, putting older people in assisted living and not seeing the grace of death. It's this whole disorder of understanding the dignity of the body. And yes. yet, and yet we have this, what, I don't know how many billions of dollars in the health and wellness industry, right? Everybody needs to find a new diet. Everybody needs to find a gym, right? And it, I mean, it's this, it's really, it's a disordered of like, what? And that answer to all of your problems <laughs> is this gym, this diet, this pill, this morphin to who? Like when I, when I'm talking to people about losing weight, I'm like, you do not need to lose weight and morph into somebody you are not in order yeah. to do it. Yeah. You know, there's virtues that you just need to work on. That's all. It's not, it's not, you're this way. And then suddenly you're this way. It doesn't work that way. And when you get to whatever end result that you think it is, you desire, know that it may not look the same as what you think in your head. But we have this distorted sense of what beauty really is. And Christ shows us that. We assume that we have to have the perfect nose. Beauty is exactly how God made us. Mm. And we were beautifully and wonderfully made. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. So beautiful. And it's one of the reasons why I love being Catholic, because I love meditating on the crucifix. I love meditating on the passion. Wow. And I'm not very good at Latin, but ecce homo, right? Like behold the man. Yeah. And yet he was disfigured so much because of the scourging and the crown of thorns and the beatings and the spittle and everything that his poor mother didn't recognize him. And yet there was dignity. He still had the dignity. And that's what kind of blew Pontius Pilate away, right? Because here's this man standing before him in all his glory. And yet so humble. It just, I love that part because I'm just like, oh Lord, you're so amazing. And just even on the crucifix, right? I mean, having our lady hold him afterwards with his, his beautiful body, the body of Christ. That's, yeah. the, I mean, the incarnation, the word made flesh, which is just so amazing. So share with me one of the beautiful success stories. And I'm, 
going to guess in my head, but I'm not going to say who, who's to share with me, like the mindset, but also the physical, because you've served a lot of women with this program. And I know you're really helping women, not just transform their bodies, not just losing the weight so that they can get into the dress so that they can look great on Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve or something, but the mindset and really sharing with them the love that God has for them. Yeah, because the weight that they're holding in their mindset weighs more than what's sitting on the body. And that's, that is, so Shannon, she's one of my ladies. Oh, lover. She's at 114 pounds lost, which is a lot of weight. It could be a whole nother person. She's like, I lost about another person. But that is truly what she talks about is losing that weight in the mindset, losing that weight in the way that she's relating and loving herself and what she was valuing as more important and the people pleasing and all of the things that were kind of keeping her trapped. And that relationship with Christ had been there, but it's just a difference now. It's being able to see Shannon as Christ sees her. When she goes and she stands and looks in the mirror, she doesn't see all the ripples, the rolls of right now, the loose skin. She's the the beautiful, smiling Shannon that that God sees. There's another one. I love her, Marianne. She, one of the things that she was struggling with was getting movement. And then it was just a simple thing. I found her working on these little challenges. If you've ever seen those little challenge things, she's walking all over the place, earning her little medals. So she's absolutely, that was just a simple mind shift. And what can I do to get to this? So yeah, it's very beautiful to see some of the changes that have happened in these ladies. So. so let me ask you a quick question, just for a quick win for our audience. Like movement's very important. You didn't say exercise, you said movement, which I really appreciate. And I actually learned that from you. You've taught me that move your body. Don't think that you have to exercise. What would be a mindset question for our audience to take to the journal? We've been talking a lot about asking the right questions to ourselves so that we can identify some of the lies and some of the thoughts, thought patterns that we have. What would some of the mindset questions you would have about movement or exercise? And I know I'm putting you on the spot right now. You're good. So one of the first things I would ask them to do is to know their own temperament because temperament makes a difference. What is going to be effective for a sanguine is not going to be effective for a melancholic. It's not going to be. So understanding your own temperament and what works with your temperament is important. And then ask yourself what it is you would desire to do. What is your desire? The difference between what you think you should do and what you truly desire to do and what is reasonable to do. Okay. So a lot of times we look over with what we think we should do. Well, that comes from the world telling us I should be running marathons. I should be doing this. I should be killing myself for an hour at the gym. All these people, this person over here does CrossFit. So I've got to do that. That's what they should do. This person does aerobics. I should do that. A lot of women over the age of 45, think cardio, cardio, cardio. It's not necessarily, I can tell you on a nutrition and a a personal trainer note here, guys, for women over the age of 45, it's not cardio, cardio, cardio. It's how much movement you get in. How do I get my movement in? And sometimes it's just steps that you need to do. Okay. And then building, 
you do need to build some muscles. So ladies, I do want to tell you, and I do want to be an advocate for that. Building some muscles, you know, I'm not a bodybuilder by any means, but building muscle is important for perimenopause and menopausal women, just because during those times, that's when you're losing it. Right. And so you work towards building it, make sure you've got enough protein in, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about movement, know your temperament, ask yourself what it is you think you should do. Then ask yourself, who's telling you that? Is that your idea? Or where is that thought coming from? Because I'm going to tell you, most of the time it's coming from what the world's telling you or the diet industry or maybe past diet is that's informing it. Okay. Then ask yourself what you desire to do. And then ask yourself what is reasonable to do. And the final one is, can I do this for the rest of my life? So if you start out with, I'm going to January 1st, January 1st, I'm going on this 800 calorie diet, which ladies, that's not reasonable. <laughs> you. Right. 800 calorie diet. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to totally give up all bread, even though I love eating bread. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out every single day for an hour at the CrossFit gym. When I haven't worked out in like 10 years, for me, it had been like since I was, I'd never worked out. <laughs> I've never done any kind of movement whatsoever before I started. But I'm going to do all of these things come hell or high water. And by noon on January 1st, hell and high water is already hit because you are not doing those things. Right. You know why? Because you are asking yourself to morph into somebody you are not. Right. Or at least you haven't been in the past so that you could grow into somebody like that if that is your desire and if that brings you joy. I remember when I first started walking, I mean, it was a huge victory for me. Four houses down, there's a stop sign and being able to get there, being able to exercise outside just because of my own health issues. And being able to go for walks and then I would just go a little longer. And I remember one time I came back from a walk on a weekend and my husband goes, I was just about to call the Calvary because you'd been gone for so long. I was like, I know. Can you believe I walked six miles? Like I've been gone for a while, but it was just a rejoicing of the fact that I could go that long in nature without the facilities that I needed. And so those are the things, take the little steps because you talked about that. Tell the story. This was such an impressionable story for me personally. I think about it all the time. Your story about the zoo. Oh, yeah. I I want our audience to hear about this because this is really profound because if you don't have the right mindset in the successes, taking the beautiful successes and then honoring the celebration we just tend to beat ourselves up because we're not good enough, right? We haven't, well, I should have done this much, but you didn't. So there's two different stories. There's the one at the zoo. So at the zoo, every year we would go to go see the holiday lights and there's a bench right at the beginning of the zoo. And I have to tell you, every year I go and take a picture of that bench now. I'm not sitting on that anymore. (laughs) Praise God. But that's where I would go. I would sit on that bench And my family would walk the entire Columbus Zoo doing their thing. And I would make the excuse, I want to sit here and listen to the music and watch the little light show. That was my excuse to sit on that bench. 
And so when I started exercising, guys, I was so out of shape that it was, like I said, you need to ask yourself, what can I do? And can I do it for the rest of my life? It was five minutes of walking. When I started weightlifting, it wasn't weightlifting. It was wall push-ups because getting down did not work. So after a year of this, five minutes of walking, adding more, five minutes of walking, adding more, the next year we go to the zoo and I was totally astounded that I could walk, not only walk, I did not sit on that bench. I could walk that entire zoo and it was 20,000 some odd steps I did. I remember recording it on my watch. I was so proud of that and so excited because I was never going to sit on that bench again. I made that decision. Mm -hmm. And then the other one that was really pivotal was, so you don't start out, and I'm constantly telling my ladies, don't start out from zero to 60 in two seconds flat with anything. Everything builds amongst itself. And so my family and I had gone to the Poconos. And usually when they, they went out and went on hikes, I did not go. Again, at 349 pounds, it was taxing on me. So it was already a feat that I had, I was at about maybe 270 at this time. So I was in the middle of my weight loss journey and we had walked a mile in to where there was a waterfall. So it was already a feat that I'd walked that mile in. They were already amazed that I had done that. And there was a little bench at the, the base of the waterfall. So my kids, I know, expected me to do what I always did, was sit on that bench while they all went up to do the waterfall, which is what they did. You know, they all went running ahead and it's this big back and forth staircase going all the way up. And it's pretty steep going up lots of steps to get to the top of that waterfall. And so I sit there and I look at them and they all took off. My husband took off and I stood there at the base of that. And I thought, okay, I'm not going to make it up them steps. I mean, that was my first thought, but then it was, all right. What can I do? I can take one step. Mm. And I could believe that I could take one step. And so I kept doing that over and over again. All right, I've taken another step. All right, I've taken another step. And I could believe I could take one more step. I could believe. And suddenly my kids who are way up at the top of this waterfall are noticing that their mom is coming up the steps. And my young Bob comes running back down to me and they're all cheering. They're all going, Oh, mom's coming. Guys, look, mom's coming because mom never came, you know? Wow. And Bob runs down and he's like, do you need help? And I'm like, no, I'm coming. And I mean, it was, it was taking all my effort to do that. And then he runs back up and they're watching me come up and they're clapping. They're excited. And I get up to the top and my husband looks at me kind of in disbelief. And he says, what made you do that? And I just looked at him, I said, because I'm tired of being left behind. And that thought had driven me all the way up the steps. You know, just one more, I'm tired of being left behind. Just one more, I'm tired of being left behind. Just one more, I'm tired of being left behind. It was one step at a time. I didn't go from the bottom of the steps to the top of the steps in two seconds flat. And that's with any transformation, it is one step at a time. When I started this, I had to start doing little things that I believed I could do. Mm -hmm. I had to stop talking crappy to myself. I had to start looking at myself in the mirror the way that God looked at me. 
and loved me the way God loved me. And I had to start doing things in small, just 1% more. If you could just do something that's just a little bit, what's 1% better than you did yesterday? Yeah. You may not think it's not enough because that's what your brain's going to say. It's not enough. It's not going to get me where I need to go. But if every day you're doing that, I mean, all those 1% add up. It almost needs to be ridiculously easy right. to convince your brain you're not really doing anything. You know, that's right. fine. But I know I am because I'm working towards something. Mm-hmm. Each step was ridiculously, one step was easy. Mm-hmm. To think about all 251 of those steps was not easy. Right. Going on was so much easier. <laughs> when you share that story, it's so beautiful and well done. Is going back to the Metanoia Catholic Journal. The yeah. first exercise is success from yesterday. And I remember when I first met Metanoia Catholic and I was coached by her beautiful Hannah and I was really in a bad space and that was the exercise. She said, I don't want you doing any other exercise. That's the only exercise I really want you to focus on is think about the success that you did yesterday, any success. And at that time, I mean, literally I was in such a space that I was like, some days I would be, I got out of bed. That was my success. Like I got out of bed. I got dressed because I was in such a bad space. And yeah, and I still, I write all of these successes. I, hey, I went for a walk. Hey, I did five minutes worth of exercise between coaching calls or whatever. And that is so, so important is that the mindset of celebrating, celebrating, even if you haven't gotten to the thing that you want to achieve the little bits that you have achieved is so, so important. And that is so great. And I would love to hear your story because you've also shared with me, you have two walls of pictures. Mm -hmm. Share with us. What are those pictures? I've actually got an opportunity to see that, to see my board when he was down visiting us, Matt Engle. I call it my NSB board, non-scale victory. I think in your life, and even if it's not a weight loss thing that you're working towards, whatever it is you're working towards, you need to celebrate. And we don't stop and celebrate a lot of times. What little things we've done, the first thing our brain heads us to is, oh, you didn't do this, or the negative of that. And so I learned that I had to start celebrating all those little things. And there are things on that board, like one of them is I was able to put my boots on by myself because prior to that, at 349 pounds, I had to get my son, Bob, to help me put my boots on. Mm. Okay. So that was a celebration. One of them was, so our principal had these chairs that, and, and I, this, this chair was like from the devil because the arms of it would go inward this way and like squeeze your thighs. So it made it look like it was, I hated sitting in the chair. So every time I would get up, the chair would come with me. It was like an extension of my rear end. You know. <laughs> and so I had to go to her office to work on something when I was, you know, working at the parish. I would just dread any meetings in Sally's office. And one time I sat down in that chair and got up to adjust something and realized the chair didn't come with me. And I sat there for 15 minutes, sitting up and down, up and down, up and down, and just giggling and laughing. And she's like, what are you doing? So yes, on my board, there's a little thing there with a picture of her chair, of that chair. They were going, 
I got my butt out of the chair and it didn't come with me. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so beautiful. So visuals, I mean, you talked about the Facebook al algorithm, which automatically does that, but you actually have a board that has these little visuals that only you, and you mentioned already about the bench at the zoo. You mentioned this little chair. Did you take a picture of you putting your boots on? It actually is just a little note up there that says, hey, I put my bed and it has the date. So some of the things are just little notes that I mm -hmm. put up there. Mm -hmm. Like the first time I walked through Walmart without leaning on a cart. Mm -hmm. That was, and yeah. I hung on the cart for dear life, you know, That's... when I go through because walking through Walmart was like, Right. So. Now that's, those are successes that you've already achieved, but you also have part of that board as what? Yes. Is what I want to achieve. Mm -hmm. So I do have a vision board. I do have a visual. Now, secular mindset coaching will tell you, put it in front of yourself, believe it and you will achieve it. Well, it doesn't quite work that way. Yeah. So what I try to explain to people is, first of all, when we take our gift, our desire, which God does put there, okay, by any means. So ladies, if you've got a desire to what you want to get there, the desire itself is not bad, but please bring that to the Lord. Am I here, Lord? Am I, am I where I should be? Is this, is what I'm striving for going to bring me to what is good, true, and beautiful? And please ask those questions and whatever it is that you have. And so I have a board that has things that I want to accomplish or I want to do or things I want to do in my family life, in my spiritual life. And I have images up there. Okay. But I also take those images to the Lord mm. and I let him back that. Mm that desire the the Mennonite Catholic has a beautiful workshop you need called to sanctity mm -hmm. if you just do that every so often and kind of bring those same goals and desires back to him and you just kind of look at that sometimes it'll change a little bit mm -hmm. but yeah up there that board is sitting there and it's got pictures of the things that that I desire mm -hmm. to him and I write it down in my journal as well, whatever it is I'm working on or focused on at that point. You know, I tell people it's okay to have multiple goals, but when you're looking at what you're doing daily, just one thing, just one thing, because if you put 50, you're not going to get anywhere because <laughs> right. then you'll be going first and right. that can own drama. So, but yeah. Right. So many beautiful tools and techniques that you have mastered yourself. And now you get to share with other women and really help them become truly the women of God that they're called to be. And yeah. I just know that the Lord, the Holy Spirit is just using each of us in a, a unique way of building his kingdom and really pulling people and reminding them that they're loved by God, that they're delighted by God, that they're beautiful they are made in God's image and likeness. So as we close, I just want to remind everyone, I'm going to put in, in the show notes, the link, please go to Maggie's workshop on the 18th of November. So it, it, it's navigating Advent and Christmas with grace and without gaining weight, because how many times have we We've almost dreaded the season because of weight we have gained. And then we start in January, kind of behind the power curve, if not. But more importantly, find her on social media. Go to Metanoia Catholic. I mentioned she's a resident coach. You can find her picture. You can have a discovery call with her on her Made for More program or just 
anything that you feel like if you're resonating at all in this conversation, ladies, I really, really want to recommend Maggie. She's done wonders for me just in my own mindset and my own encouragement. And I I don't think I would be here on this podcast. She's just been one of those supporters and it's just been wonderful to, to just kind of hook arms with her and, and walk with her and have her voice in your head, encouraging you make that 1%, that 1%. So thank you so much, Maggie, for the time that you've given us. Keep doing what you're doing. And I look forward to hearing more testimonials of how many women's lives you are helping really come back to the Lord and just really becoming made for more. So as we always do, we're going to close with the prayer of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You all have a great day, and we will see you next week. Make sure you sign up for Maggie's workshop. This link is in the show notes. And if you would like to join our perimenopause, postmenopause community, Uniquely Beautiful You, that link is also in the show notes. We would love to have you.